Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the April 5th, 2023, 167th edition, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. I'm here along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Four Mansfield ISD students advance to DECA International Competition. Texas Tech University celebrates second class of graduates of the Mansfield-based Nursing Satellite Campus. Mansfield Parks says, hit us with your best shot. Mansfield Environmental Services offers some tips as we head into mosquito season. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve concludes his in-studio talk about the grief and mourning process with local funeral celebrant Jason Harris. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Benita Reed for MISD School Board. Our community is counting on you to vote in the upcoming May 6th election to keep our schools safe and strong. I'm running to ensure our MISD schools are a positive and welcoming environment for students, teachers, and parents. Our future is only as strong as the investment we make into our kids. If you believe in protecting our neighborhood schools, vote for me, Dr. Benita Reed. Early voting is April 24th through May 2nd. Election day is Saturday, May 6th. Read more at readformisd.com. Political advertising paid for by Dr. Benita Reed campaign. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area. And when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Janine Huang with United Dermatology Associates, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The Mansfield ISD DECA chapter sent 24 high schoolers to the state competition in mid-March, resulting in earning top awards. Three students placed second in state competition, while another four are advancing to internationals, and the group as a whole was named Chapter of the Year. Moving on to international competition are Lake Ridge senior Emma Knudsen in business finance series, Frontier High School sophomore Nathan Nin, and Lake Ridge senior Zachary Lewis with business law and ethics team decision-making, and Mansfield High senior Sarah Howman will compete in professional selling. The group will compete at the International Career Development Conference April 21st through 25th in Orlando, Florida. Distributive Education Clubs of America, or DECA, prepares emerging leaders and entrepreneurs in marketing, finance, hospitality, and management. The Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center School of Nursing marked its second class of nursing graduates with nine smiling faces earning their BSN to the Mansfield community with a lamp lighting ceremony on Saturday. The graduation ceremony was conducted in the cafe of Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, which plays host 
host to the School of Nursing's new satellite campus. The lamplighting ceremony is a tradition in honor of Florence Nightingale, who was known as the Lady with the Lamp. Back in the mid-1800s, Nightingale would stay up late at night checking on ailing Crimean War soldiers in the hospital, and she was considered the mother and pioneer of nursing because of her courageousness and devotion to nursing the soldiers back to health. Meanwhile, back at home, increasing the number of nurses helps to address the shortage of nurses and therefore improves the quality of health care here in the region. The Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center for School of Nursing, Mansfield Satellite Campus, is a collaboration with Texas Tech, the City of Mansfield, and Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. The Mansfield Parks and Rec Department has launched the Roots and Wings Photo Contest and is asking Mansfield residents to hit them with your best shot. Up until May 7th, you can upload your best images of blooms, bugs, birds, butterflies, and everything in between for a chance to win. Prizes will be given in multiple age and subject categories, and all of the photos will be on display at the Monarch Festival on May 13th at Oliver Nature Park. Plus, one lucky winner will be selected as the cover of the Fall Parks and Recreation Guide magazine. You can submit as many photos as you'd like and then come to the Monarch Festival again on Saturday, May 13th at Oliver Nature Park to see who the panel of judges has chosen as they reveal the winners. To find out how to upload your photographs, go to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the Links tab. Tis that time of year when you are spending time, whether it's in the garden or by the pool in your backyard, when you start swatting yourself because you got things uh, crawling around your ankles or perhaps the back of your neck. Yep, they're called mosquitoes. And with us on the line is the environmental manager for the city of Mansfield, Howard Redfern to talk about how we can keep mosquitoes at bay. Howard, let's first start with some tips on how to keep the mosquitoes away from us. We do follow the CDC, Tarrant County Public Health, Texas State Department of Health Services, I believe, and everybody else, um, the, the four Ds, which is dusk to dawn. Um, so the, the mosquitoes that are responsible for transmission of the West Nile virus are the ones we're worried about and tend to be more active in the hours of dusk and dawn. Um, drain any standing water um, in your yard. Um, this can collect in, in flower pots, um, old unused toys, um, it clogged rain gutters, any kind of um, any kind of dish or anything else that's been left outside can collect water, whether it's from rain or irrigation, and lead to um, mosquitoes breeding there. And then uh, dressing. Um, if you're going to be out in uh, the hours of dusk and dawn, we we recommend dressing in long sleeves and pants. And then uh, the fourth D is DEET, um, but it really uh, it doesn't have to be DEET. There are other mosquito repellents um, that are effective. Um, just make sure, again, if you're going to be out and about um, when the mosquitoes are active, um, it, it always helps to have some, some kind of repellent uh, to hopefully keep them away from you. Does the city have plans to do mosquito spraying in the near future? We have both plans to spray and not to spray, um, which is, so we, we developed our uh, mosquito surveillance and control program and got that passed through co uh, council last year. And that, ha that includes some triggers that would uh, lead to us engaging in any what we call adult treatment activities. Um, most what we do with our control program is the surveillance part. So we have 12 trap sites. Six of those trap sites are collected every week. Um, so we keep them on a rotating schedule uh, where we collect mosquitoes um, from different parts of the neighborhood and uh, turn those over to Tarrant County Public Health who checks them for West Nile virus. Um, so the presence of West Nile virus in adult mosquitoes in a trap area um, can and will generally lead to um, adult spraying. So we're only able to, to, to take out those mosquitoes that are active adult mosquitoes at the time. Um, any larvae, any pupae that are, are, are still in the water somewhere um, will eventually emerge and become adults that are going to turn around and bite people. 
Um, the other thing that I would mention is our spraying activities are generally done, or they're not generally, they're always done during the evening. Um, again, the mosquitoes responsible for transmission of West Nile virus are most active dusk, between the hours of dusk and dawn. Um, so those are the mosquitoes that we're trying to eliminate. Um, people out and about enjoying their pool um, in the middle of the day and stuff that are getting harassed by mosquitoes, those are generally um, going to be 80s um, mosquitoes that are, are, are most active during the daytime. They're not even going to get impacted by the spraying activities. Um, so, you know, people, again, the, the same four Ds that protect you from the, the mosquitoes that transmit West Nile virus will also help protect you from um, the day-biting 80s mosquitoes as well. How can Mansfield residents keep in touch with the city of Mansfield when it comes to mosquitoes? Anybody who is interested in receiving a notification um, about any adult spraying activities, um, we have opportunities on the mosquito control page to register through the Notify Me. Um, you can choose to be notified either by email or text. We only push spraying notices out um, through social media and, and virtually now. We don't print anything. Um, so all of that information will be through that um, same web page and then our social media accounts. So to recap the four D's that Howard just talked about, dusk to dawn, those are the hours that the mosquitoes are most active. Number two would be drain your water or any type of pooling source where mosquitoes can breed. Number three, the way you dress Perhaps wear long sleeves and pants during the dusk to dawn hours. And number four being DEET or a comparable mosquito repellent. The city of Mansfield has a comprehensive webpage dealing specifically with mosquitoes. Go to mansfieldtexas.gov and on the homepage there in the search bar, type in the word mosquitoes. You will land on the mosquito control page, which offers some do-it-yourself mosquito control tips. If you have a comment about the show, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938 or by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. This moves us into our National Day Of segment, and there is so much going on this week, it's hard to choose just one. Obviously, Good Friday and Easter happened this week. For food and beverage lovers, National Days include Deep Dish Pizza. Raisin and Spice Bar, The Burrito, Caramel Popcorn, Beer, Coffee Cake, Empanadas, Chinese Almond Cookies, Cinnamon Croissants, and Cheese Fondue. But this week, we have decided to feature National Zoo Lovers Day, which falls on Saturday, April 8th. Zoo Lovers Day encourages us to explore our local zoos, and there are at least two of them within roughly a half-hour drive. Each year, millions of people visit zoos and learn about the many animals that live there, also known as zoological parks. Many of them serve as breeding centers. Here's some fun facts about zoos. The Vienna Zoo is the oldest existing zoo and was open to the public in 1765. There are 350 zoos in the United States. The first zoo to open to the public in the United States is the Central Park Zoo and opened in 1864. And a zoo that's near and dear to my heart, more than 3.2 million people visit the San Diego Zoo each year. So this Saturday, go feed a giraffe on National Zoo Lovers Day. Let's head on over to the weather desk and check the forecast for the upcoming week. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We've got something of an unsettled spring pattern and more swings in the temperature predicted for this week. The odds are very high that this forecast won't match the actual weather this week as it's been changing every few hours. As of right now, we're predicting a 20% chance of rain on Wednesday, a 40% chance of rain on Friday, and a slight chance of rain Sunday and Monday. After a sweaty start to the week, with highs in the 80s and 90s, we're looking at a high Wednesday of 68 degrees, 66 degrees Thursday, 62 degrees Friday, 70 degrees Saturday, 78 degrees Sunday, 80 degrees Monday, and 78 degrees on Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Be sports ready with your UIL required physical. I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. 
I'm Beth Steinke, and today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report, we're going to talk about the five elements that make up your mortgage payment, and then we're going to go in-depth on the big one, property taxes. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail that comes just in time for this weekend's Kentucky Derby. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to our latest trivia question winner, Barry Breyer. Last week, we asked, raised in Mansfield, what was Alame Morse's best-selling song? Barry was the first to correctly reply and knew it was Cow Cow Boogie, and he has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. What started out as an audio-only studio, Podcast Mansfield is now a full-service audio and video recording studio, complete with custom green screen backgrounds, two high-definition cameras, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and we can also help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Wealth Building Made Simple, We Are TPM, and Wealth Think Tank Television, just to name a few. So whether you're a hands-on person or just need a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is here to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. By the way, I mention this every week. Not every winner submits their answer on Wednesdays. So if it's Thursday, it's a Friday, it's even Saturday, give it a shot. You may be taking home a $25 restaurant gift card. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, last week we went back in musical time and asked a question about Mansfield-raised singer Ella Mae Morse. This week we go contemporary. 
Mansfield High graduate and country music star Mickey Guyton has been in the national spotlight of late with Grammy and CMT award nominations. This week's trivia question is, what song is Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what song is Mansfield graduate Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Orion Jean with Race to Kindness, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati is here with information on how you can get your student-athletes physical for free in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Angel? Methodist Mansfield Medical Center will offer high school and middle school athletes UIL athletic physicals and free heart screenings on April the 22nd from 8 a.m. to noon at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. Cheerleaders and band members who need a UIL physical, are also invited to attend. During an echocardiogram, an ultrasound is used to examine the heart, so a physician can detect potential abnormalities or other cardiovascular conditions that may affect student-athletes. The sports physicals and echocardiogram screenings will be performed by volunteer nurses, healthcare professionals, and independently practicing physicians from Methodist Mansfield Sports Medicine. The sports physicals and echoes will be offered on a first-come, first-served basis. Parents must accompany their child for the echocardiogram. Parents of middle school and high school student-athletes who wish to participate in the screening must complete a medical history questionnaire and sign medical releases. Forms are available on the Mansfield ISD website. To register for sports physicals or echocardiograms, go to methodisthealthsystem.org sports physicals sign up. Appointments are on a first-come, first-served basis. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to know. Realtor Beth Steinke breaks down principal, interest, and more in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? You may have heard of the acronym PITI when discussing the elements of a mortgage payment. That stands for principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, the four most common things that make up the average person's mortgage payment. You may also have a fifth element in your mortgage payment, mortgage insurance. We're going to briefly break these down and explain them, but then I want to get to the meat of today's topic, which is all about property taxes. Let's start with principal. This is the portion of the payment that reduces the balance of your loan. If you really want to see your loan balance drop, you'll want to make extra principal payments. The next one is interest. This is the portion of the payment that goes to the lender as their fee. It's the cost of using other people's money. As interest rates rise, this portion of all newly written mortgages is increasing and affecting affordability. Principal and interest are correlative, and principal will increase while interest decreases every month. And on a 15 or 30 year fixed mortgage, this portion of the payment is fixed and will remain the same. The next portion is taxes. This portion of your payment is collected each month and then held to pay your anticipated property tax bill at the end of the year. So each month, the lender will collect that and store it until that bill is due. I will go more into depth on this in just a bit. Insurance is the last portion of the PITI. This is a required element as the lender who loaned you the money to buy the home doesn't want it to burn down or be destroyed any more than you do. They typically have more financially invested by percentage than you do. This money is collected each month and the lender will pay the insurance bill when it comes due each year. Both taxes and insurance can go up and potentially down, though that is more rare. So this portion of your payment can change. The last portion of your payment is the mortgage insurance. When you put less than 20% down on your new home, you may be required for an additional risk insurance. That portion of the payment can range somewhere between $60 and $200 and can last for the life of the loan or drop off after a time depending on the loan type. 
Now let's talk about property taxes. The Mansfield City Council has made some great strides in recent years by implementing a newly available homestead exemption from a small portion of their potential property tax liability. In the current legislative session, our state lawmakers have finally decided to take more serious action as the run-up in property values have negatively impacted Texas homeowners. Senate Bill 3 proposes to increase the statewide homestead exemption from $30,000 to $70,000 and up to $100,000 for our senior citizens. It's passed the Texas State Senate unanimously and now will go to the House for a vote and ultimately to the governor's desk. The relief will be retroactive to this year and the average homeowner will see about an $800 reduction in their property tax bill. This particular proposal will not provide relief for landlords or commercial owners, where its counterpart, HB2, might if it's passed as proposed. House Bill 2 is proposing tax relief by placing a cap on the amount home values can increase for property tax calculations. Currently, our value increases are capped at 10% a year, only for owner-occupants, and for the last five years at least, our property values here in Mansfield have exceeded that threshold, and that's proven to be a financial beating for some homeowners and landlords. HB2 proposes to reduce that threshold to 5%. To put this in a more national perspective, California is limited to a 2% increase in value assessment each year. That was voted in by their state legislature in 1978. We may be a few years late on the relief for some property owners, but as the old adage goes, better late than never. But remember, it's not a done deal until the governor signs, so please let your representatives know how you feel about property tax relief before it's too late. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of April 3rd, there are 95 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from a $185,000 burnout, with the list topping out at nearly $1.8 million. You'll need to have a good contractor to rebuild that fixer-upper, but there are six other homes available right now under $300,000. All of those active and available homes have been on the market for an average of 54 days. Last week, 24 homes sold in Mansfield, 11 of which were resale homes, and 14 of those were new construction. The median sales price of all of them was $495,000. Do you have real estate-related questions I can answer? Send me a message via email to info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred? Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain serves up a batch of libations just in time for the Kentucky Derby in the Cocktail of the Week. Brian? This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Batched Belmont Jewel. A couple weeks ago, I started a new series on batch cocktails. And to remind you what a batch cocktail is, that's when you're making cocktails by the pitcher or by the batch, meaning that when you're hosting, you don't have to be going and making individual cocktails all night, removing yourself from your guests and having fun. But just like our last series on freezer door cocktails, doing batch cocktails takes a little bit of math to make it work. So again, for the last time, a gallon's 128 ounces. So you need to figure out the formula. The formula for this week is one and a half ounces, two ounces, one ounce. So a one and a half to two to one, or in this case, more simply said, an ounce and a half of bourbon, two ounces of simple lemonade, and an ounce of pomegranate juice. So horse racing and bourbon cocktails, in my opinion, go hand in hand, and each Triple Crown race has its own special drink. The Belmont Jewel recipe is the official drink for the Belmont Steaks coming up in a couple of weeks, and though it hasn't always been the cocktail of choice for the June race. The drink is simple and refreshing. The mix of bourbon, lemonade, and pomegranate juice is perfect for almost any occasion, especially spring and summer parties. Among the Triple Crown races, the Kentucky Derby is the only one to stick with a single drink over the years. The mint julep has remained the drink to have while watching the Derby. And while there's also a new official quote-unquote julep recipe released every year that includes additional flavors, they're always quite impressive. If you want my take on the mint julep, you can go back in the archives and search for it. I've listed it back at the beginning of April of 21 and 22. But having a single cocktail is not the case for the Belmont and the Preakness. 
The official cocktails change regularly, and oddly enough, they frequently keep the same name. It happened with the Black Eyed Susan and the Preakness Steaks. The Belmont Steaks drinks are no different. For many years, the White Carnation was the Belmont drink of choice, but in 1998, Dale DeGruff created the Belmont Breeze for the race. It's an fabulously complex drink. The Belmont Jewel recipe was published only a couple years ago back in 2011. Although different premium bourbons are recommended as marketing and sponsorships change, feel free to make this recipe with any bourbon you like, i.e. the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond, and you, but you really can't go wrong with this drink. But don't worry about taking notes, and I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So a batch-made Belmont Jewel. Ingredients, 40 ounces of a good bourbon. Again, you know my favorite, the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. 52 ounces of Simply Lemonade and 28 ounces of pomegranate juice. To make it, simply pour all the ingredients into a one-gallon container and set aside until you're ready to serve to your guests. To serve, again, I get an outdoor beverage dispenser, pour that into the dispenser. Individually, I'm going to fill a glass with ice, fill it with the cocktail, and then top with a lemon wheel. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Latasha Tagle, Executive Director of the Levitt Pavilion Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, we conclude our interview with funeral celebrant Jason Harris. It's going to get pretty personal. So here we go. Tell me someone in your life, Steve, that you've lost, that uh, one of the first ones that come to your mind that say, oh, gosh, it was really hard. I, I really missed this person. Okay, that would be my dad, Jim Casillo. Your dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when did he pass away? Uh, I believe it was August of 2006. Wow. So not terribly long ago. And what's crazy, I bet some ways that feels like about three weeks ago, and sometimes it probably feels like a lifetime ago. Well, and you mentioned that, that yeah, you never stop grieving. And, yeah, but- and I have gotten to the point where, okay, I may not think about him every day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I probably think about him every week. Yeah, at least once a week, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so now you said his name was Jim. Okay. The first question is simply, what did you call him? Dad. Okay. And that makes perfect sense. What did your kids call him? What what did the grandkids call him? Grandpa Jim. Grandpa Jim. And the reason I asked that first question, what did you call this person, is because there's a couple of reasons. Number one, my full name is Nick Jason Harris. Okay. If I get a phone call and say, I'd like to talk to Nick, I go by my middle name, obviously, Jason. And so when somebody says, I'd like to speak with Nick, I know they're either selling something mm-hmm. or I'll say, you don't know me <laughs> because uh, my friends don't call me Nick. They call me Jason. And But sometimes there are also terms of endearment. My wife calls me babe mm-hmm. almost all the time or sometimes babes or whatever. And uh, But I want to know if someone would have gotten up at my grandmother's funeral, of course, my dad spoke at his mother's funeral. So he was the speaker. He's a preacher. And... Uh, but if some stranger, some strange bald guy would have gotten up and talked about Mabel Lee Harris, I would have thought, who's that? Because I didn't call her Mabel. Of course, I wouldn't call my grandmother by her name. I'd get my jaw handed back to me in the South, especially. Yeah. Like, you know, I show some respect. But that was Mamaw. So I want to hear, now when I hear Mamaw, that means chocolate-covered tea cakes and train wreck ballads and Froggy Wanna Courtin on the guitar and things like that. That's who she is. And so I look for familiar names. And you learn, family learns things, I've discovered. You know, when they have coworkers say, well, we always called him so-and-so, whatever. Yeah. You know, and so they'll they'll learn of nicknames and uh, in terms of endearments. That's just simply the first question. You called him dad. Dad. If you the second question is this, if you could describe your dad with only one word, what would it be? My dad was blank. My dad was when you when you said describe him or even is. Uh, yeah. when you said describe him in one word, the uh-huh. first thing that that immediately came mm-hmm. to mind was curveball. I love that. Because he was my baseball coach. He was my oh. little league manager, mm. but then also, you know, my personal coach. Yeah. And and at 12 years old, 
he taught me how to throw a curveball. Wow. And it was pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 you know it took me through or at least into high school and uh-huh. and um, found other interests. But we shared a love for baseball, mm-hmm. and and that was the one thing that I really remember. Uh, yeah, he taught me how to throw a curveball. So when when you, when you move that question into my dad was or is, and it's like, well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's not that doesn't play into that first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, but I love the, that though. But and and that's it's it's amazing. And there's by the way, as as you'll notice, there are no wrong answers to these five yeah. questions. It's everyone's experience. But when I I can be in an arrangement room at a funeral home with a family that just lost a loved one, and there and there may be ten people in the room. And when I when I ask that second question. And that's usually just to give them as I'm going to send you these questions, and I do, uh, because sometimes they want time to think about them. But I'll get the one-word answers, Mm -hmm. you know. And when I ask that, I can have 10 family members answer that. All 10 will be different. Yeah. And none of them are wrong. None of them are wrong. And the reason I love sharing these answers at the service is it's only one question. I mean, it's only one word. And so when I finish reading off the list that I have, and by the way, I didn't finish that thought a minute ago. Last week, I had 77 of these pages turned back in. I could not begin to address the answers to 77 times five of, you know, we would have been there forever. And so I had gleaned as much as I could. And, uh, but it's amazing. I, I read about 20 of those deep before the one word was different. And after I've read, you know, or shared a lot of the answers, she was beautiful. She was funny. She was, you know, amazing, whatever. I can turn to the audience then and say, what are we leaving out? Just raise your hand and shout it out. She was and fill in the blank. And then the family gets to hear it's like popcorn all over the chapel. You know, she was strong. She was resilient. She was encouraging. She was faithful or whatever. And so that's really cool as far as the crowd is concerned. But curveball is beautiful. (laughs) It really is. It really And see, and and you're even chuckling because it's a – you know, it, it, I look for that. I want that knee jerk. I want the knee jerk. What is one? What's the one word that comes to your mind? And curveball is very significant. That probably oh, yeah. would have made the back of the matchbox for your dad if I was making the matchbox. Okay. And, we're gonna, and we're going to we're going to talk about the matchbox here. But okay, question okay. three. Question three. What's one of your favorite memories? And you've kind of touched this a little bit. Uh, what's one of your favorite memories of or with your dad? And I'm just going to qualify that. It can be uh, a general memory, love playing baseball with him mm-hmm. or, or fishing with him, or I'll never forget the time and then fill in that blank. What's, one, what's the first ones that come to your mind? Uh, yeah, I think it, again, goes back to baseball that uh, we – that was our, our, our one connection with each other and – there were even times when after he had passed i'm i'm watching a rangers game at home and oh my gosh look at what just happened oh i got to call mm. who do i call right right um right. that yeah that was our our one connection so the um the 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 one moment playing little league and we had just won a big game uh huh and my dad as the manager walks across the field to shake the hand of the other manager. Uh-huh. And uh, the other manager said, uh, you know, hey, uh, uh, great game. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, you guys had the luck today. And and uh, he, he, my dad reaches into his pocket and pulls out a rabbit's foot. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I do. And the, the manager, the other manager told my dad, he goes, you know, I almost felt like protesting the game because you had you had something a little more than It's like steroids in your pocket. Right. He pulls out a rabbit's foot. Come and, on. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you I could have sold that rabbit's foot to him right there on the spot. It was, it was and it was a great game. We won the game and and uh, it may have been the championship, I don't recall, but uh yeah, that's that's just you know, one of the the hilarious moments that we had together on, on the that. baseball field, and um, that's fantastic. 
Uh, that was question three. Three. Well, and the and the thing is, I I was hesitant to even leave that question into the lineup of the five because I I was afraid to be like Pandora's box at a funeral service, thinking that you'd have this uh, this whole line of once upon a time, and it would take so long. It's amazing how often the memories take just seconds to say one of my favorite memories ever with my loved one. And the very first time I started using these five questions was about three, four years ago. And I asked a lady, her husband had just passed away. It hadn't even been 24 hours. And and I was talking with her and using these questions. And I, and I asked her, what's one of your favorite memories? They'd been married for 26 years. I was expecting some amazing story to tell me one of your favorite memories of or with your husband. And I thought she'd tell me about a cruise or their honeymoon or something like that. And the very first thing that fell out of her mouth, Steve, was, you know, we've got a really steep driveway. And I thought, okay, where's this going? And she said, and I want, I think his name was David. I, I once saw David ride an office chair out our garage door and down the driveway and across the street just to see if he could do it. And, you know, a lot of times when I share that, Folks chuckle, and it's like, you didn't even know this guy. Yeah. And it took about seven seconds to say that. So it wasn't a long story at all. But when I say that in a room full of people that knew he was a hold my beer kind of guy, hey, y'all watch this, they just fell out <laughs> laughing. And that's where this laughter comes from. When we ask, what's one of your favorite memories? Our favorite memories with someone is an anecdote that always makes people smile or laugh. And pulling a rabbit's foot out of your pocket when a guy said, well, I guess you guys had the luck today. I guess we did. Yeah, we did. You know? Check I, it out. I love that. That's <laughs> wonderful. Fourth question is important. And it's usually this is usually the most abstract and hardest for people to answer on. On paper, and is usually the one that's left blank the most just because people don't want to take the time to really think about it. But what is a life lesson that you gained from your dad saying, I do this because of him or because something he always said, the way he lived, I want to be like this, or I do this because I learned it from my dad? Of just being a good dad. I mean, mm. he was a great dad, mm. and sometimes I second-guess myself mm -hmm. with my own kids. Mm -hmm. I've even asked my son at times. He's a grown man now in his 20s, and, hey, uh, am I a good dad? Mm. And, and, you know, it, it always comes back all right. So, <laughs> but... It's a brave question. That oh yeah, 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 yeah. and very and he, vulnerable. Well, you know, he and I are are. He calls me his best bud. Yeah, that's cool. And so we we can be very honest with each other. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad, you know, I think I learned a lot of my my fatherhood traits mm. from my dad. It's mm. fantastic. And I'm going to warn you now, uh, the fifth question is the most emotive. And uh, Am I going to cry? I hope not. Well, but if okay. you do, it's okay. All right. It's okay. If your dad was here right now today, if he could speak to you one more time, what do you think he would say to you? Son, you did good. Hmm. I hope. <laughs> yeah, and it's and I, but you know, I believe you're right, uh, and and I, you'd be surprised, and it, I, I, and thank you for answering that. Thank you for playing today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and for answering because here on your podcast, it's a very vulnerable thing to be answering questions about your father, and um, uh, but so often I do. It's that last question is answered with, well, I hope she would say, I hope he would say, or I think he would say, or whatever. And again, no wrong answer yeah. to that. And uh, and so, and I was almost afraid to ask this woman's husband the other day in the arrangement office that question because it was so raw. It was so, I mean, just fresh. She just passed away Saturday, the previous Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that's the first time that he actually chuckled. And I said, what are you thinking? And he said, well, I know exactly what she'd say to me. She said it all the time. And and, and it was, babe, you're so stupid. <laughs> she said she even said it a day or two before she passed right there in the hospital. Hey, babe, you're so stupid. And of course that was, it was actually a phrase of endearment though. And it was, and, uh, uh, and so, but what I found of these five questions, Steve, is, you know, I developed them to, 
for that very purpose, I want to be able to write a meaningful eulogy for this family. Sure. And not, what a lot of preachers will do, and there's no, I mean, I've been a preacher myself, and so I'm not knocking uh, that, but preachers are taught in seminary basic funeral messages and decorum and that you're to lead the casket to the gravesite, walk in front of the casket and various things. And and they we learn how to preach a sermon, how to preach a, a funeral. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, Steve, that are incensed after a funeral service because their loved one was never really talked about. And so a lot of funerals get hijacked by the preacher, mm -hmm. and they'll read the obituary at the very beginning yep. badly. The obituary, to be honest with you, terrifies me. That's the the worst part of a funeral service for me is because I'm afraid of mispronouncing names of survivors and preceded in death by, and I, you know, nobody wants to hear their grandfather's name slaughtered, right. you know, by the preacher guy up there who should know better. And so I'm usually going over pronunciations with family before our service starts. But a lot of preachers will read the obituary, and then, Steve, you never hear their person's name again. You never hear the loved one's name. But they'll talk about heaven for the next 20 minutes. And that's fine. That's great. I'm a fan. I'm planning on going. And I am going to go. I'm going to be there. you know. But the family doesn't need to hear a sermon they need to hear a story. They need to hear a. There needs to be a celebration rather than a sermon. And that's why you are a celebrant. That's why I'm a celebrant. And that that term began in New Zealand, I believe it was, years ago. And and honestly, it was for people that didn't have a home church, they didn't have a pastor, uh, or perhaps they didn't want the service of their loved one to be the central point to be religious per se, and. Uh, and that's never my focus. Mine is to, you know, I always say we're here for three reasons, to to remember a person, to comfort a family, and yes, to honor God. I think that God should be honored in, in the celebration, but, uh, but, the, but certainly there should be, and so that was one of the reasons I developed the, the, uh, the five questions. But what I discovered shortly after I developed those five questions for the purpose of writing a eulogy is if I'm sitting next to you on the airplane and uh, when when my wife and I first met, I almost offended her by saying, you know, I can make friends with a toaster because I can. I'll talk to anybody. Yeah. And she took that personally. She said, are you saying I'm a toaster? No. But uh, – but is, so if I sit next to you on the plane, unless you put those earbuds in and stare out your window like, please leave me alone, I don't want to talk to you, then I won't. I, you know. But if you if you don't, then I'm going to ask you, where are you from? Are you coming or going? Are you here to visit a loved one? Or what do you do? And and all of those things until then I'll leave you alone. But uh, but in all of those pleasantries and niceties that we that we exchange uh, when we're meeting a stranger, when they ask me, what do you do? And I said, well, my real passion is grief counseling or my real passion is doing grief seminars or I'm a celebrant or whatever. I would say 99 out of 100 people I say that to on an airplane or wherever, immediately their natural response to that is to tell me about someone they lost. Sure. Almost every time. They'll say, well, where were you two years ago when my mother passed away? <laughs> Yeah. And what I found myself just naturally saying is, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about your mom? And I've never had anybody respond, no, I don't want to talk about her. They're like, sure. Is it, because what, what do most people do when, when someone says, my mother passed away two years ago? We stare at our shoes. We're like, oh. Mm, yeah, it's a little sorry, uncomfortable. Sorry to hear and, that. And, and how about those I rangers? <laughs> I would assume that that getting that out, oh, yeah. You, it, okay, let me ask you a couple yep. of questions about her. Mm -hmm. Getting that Getting the words out of your mouth mm -hmm. is cleansing. I've 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 received you know we, we end up exchanging phone numbers uh, because I said I can send you a couple of resources mm -hmm. or I'll send you the link to my book or or, or whatever. Um, what what I I'll get a text message two hours after we land saying you don't know how much I needed that, and yeah. it's amazing how many people say I feel like. Our conversation just helped me more than two years of grief counseling or whatever, and it's and it's not because this is a magic formula or whatever, but but it's a but it is something as far as what do we say? Well, instead of offering things like, well, at least he's not suffering anymore, whatever. It's 
you can use any of these five questions. You can say, well, tell me about your dad. Tell me about, or, or, or you know, t- what's one of your favorite memories? Or just asking a question like that. And so as I began to discover other applications for these five questions when I, is when I came to the realization, I need to write this stuff down. Yeah. And so one of the applications that I said in the book is don't wait until death to ask these questions. What if you started a tradition at Thanksgiving to where you put everybody at the table's names in a jar and say, we're going to draw one of these out. Okay, Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan, you sit here in the chair and let's go around the room. What do you call Uncle Dan? We'll call him Uncle Dan. Uncle Dan. I, one of them calls him Danny Boy. Another one calls him, you know, whatever. Captain Dan. Yeah. What's what's one word? If you were to describe Uncle Dan with one word, what would it be? Now, here's where people sometimes plant their tongue firmly in their cheek. And say, well, he's a jerk, or he's, you know, or <laughs> hey, and, maybe he is. And, maybe. I, and sometimes I even get that at funeral. You'd be surprised. I mean, she was stubborn, and and everyone laughs yeah. because they mean that both in reality and it's funny. And uh, and so, but he gets to hear, you know, well, he's one of the gentlest people I know, or, or whatever. What's one of your favorite memories so far with Uncle Dan? Oh, gosh, you remember the time we went hunting back in 87 or whatever? You know, I just graduated and yada, yada. And, uh, well, what's a life lesson that you've learned from Uncle Dan so far? And and then, you know, well, if he was suddenly taken from this world, what's, what's one thing you think he would say to you if he was still here? Mm-hmm. Uncle Dan, anything you want to share with us or whatever? And then... I even wrote a chapter about what if I thought about these questions introspectively? What if I ask myself, do I have any terms of endearment? I mean, I know my kids call me dad or daddy, Mm -hmm. you know, but what about other nicknames? I know that my wife calls me babe. Well, what's one word that people would describe me with? And gosh, what do I hope they would say? What do I, I mean, I hope maybe people think I'm funny or or whatever, but what do I hope it would be, and am I being it? Am I being faithful and strong and resilient and whatever? And then the third question, am I making memories? Yeah. Or am I so busy with my work that I'm, I'm not taking time with my children? I'm not making these memories that people say, oh, gosh, I'll never forget when we did this. Am I teaching life lessons? Is there something in my life that people would look at and say, you know what, because of him, I do more of this or I want to do this? And then the last question, I say this in the book, is if I was suddenly taken from this world, what is one thing I really, really wish I could still say to my wife? One thing I really wish I could come back and say to my kids? And it's like, and what I say in the book is, why don't you put the book down for a minute and call and and say it. Before we started recording, you were telling me about chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Chapter nine. Lessons and from a hobbit, a grief dog, and a box of matches. Let's conclude this interview uh-huh. on chapter nine. And, mm-hmm. and okay, tell me about the hobbit, the dog, and, and, the matches. and the matches. The matches is a great story, but we'll start with the Hobbit. The Hobbit is for if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know of those very very long movies. Um, in the very first movie, there's a scene where Frodo is trying to get away from Sam, and he's going to go on this journey by himself. And Sam's running after him. And uh, those of you who are familiar with the story are way ahead. I mean, you know that Frodo. He's going to, he, this ring is a burden for him to bear. And he's decided, I'm going to go to Mordor alone. There's, this is a perilous journey. There's no sense in asking Sam to make this journey. It's not, it's not his burden. It's not fair to ask him. So I'm just going to leave him. And he goes to try to row away from Sam. And Sam runs after him, even to the point where he almost drowns. And you'd have to see the entire scene. Um, and he, he says when he gets in the boat with Frodo, he said, I made a promise. Don't you leave him Samwise Gamgee. And 
He said to Frodo, I don't mean to. I'm not going. In other words, I'm going on this journey with you. Whether you like it or not, I'm coming with you. Uh, the, the grief dog, people ask me all the time, Steve, what do I say to someone who's grieving? If I'm not supposed to say those cliches, and you're not, please don't say those things. Don't say, you know, anything that starts with at least. Well, and so I tell them a story about Libby. Libby was the first certified grief dog in Central Texas, and she works at Crotty Funeral Home with a shout out to Jarrah and Deborah Crotty, mother-daughter team that own Crotty Funeral Home. And Libby is this beautiful golden doodle, and they paid thousands of dollars to have her trained to be a support animal, basically, mm-hmm. in their funeral home. And they don't spring Libby on just every family. They get permission. But if you're grieving at Crotty Funeral Home, and you're at visitation and you're sitting on the front row or whatever, Libby will amble over to you and she'll sit down at your feet and she'll put her big fluffy head right in your lap and look up at you. And and Steve, you know what she says? She doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> she She's a dog. And I, I love telling the story at grief seminars because when I get to the point, you know what she says? People look at me like, what? What? I, I got my pen ready. I'm going to write it down. This is going to be golden. They pay thousands of dollars for this grief dog. And if she said anything, you would freak out because oh, yeah. dogs don't talk. Dogs, they, they, they don't say anything. So why did they pay thousands of dollars and why is she so effective is because everything about her body language and her expression says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to sit right here with you and just I'm going to hurt with you. And if I could take it from you, I would. I can't. So I'm just going to sit here. You can pet me if you want. Now, and so what I say at, at, at seminars is be a dog. Just be a dog. Let's talk about the, the matchbox. The matchbox. Something I started doing about three years ago, maybe four. Um, to have a tangible reminder to stay on the journey. And so what do I do with these? I've got a little program. I've made a template on my Microsoft publisher to where I can put a photograph of your loved one on a label, on a, you know, a, a big uh, shipping label that's yeah. an eight and a half by 11. And then I can print 14 to a page, and I've got the exact size where on the front I will put a photograph, and on the back of the same matchbox I will put like some terms of endearment. It might be curveball. Uh, like, exactly. It would be for your dad. It would be curveball. It might actually have a baseball on it. It might have huh. baseball bats that are crossed or something like that. Yeah. And with, I would actually have his name, I'd have the date of birth and when he passed away. And then I would have things like daddy and grandpa and the other terms of endearment. And then at the end of the service, what I do is I will say on behalf of this family, I want to thank all of you for being here. Those of you who took off work today to be here because you're here to get your arms around this family. I'm going to tell you something that you may or may not know. They don't know you're here. And they look a little bewildered when I say that, but it, but it's true. I said if I point to if I ask anybody on these first three or four rows next week, name five people that were at the service last week. I'll get deer in the headlights, and then they'll kind of feel bad because it's like, well, I know a bunch of people were there, but the family. The truth is, we've got our grief support system kind of flipped on its head when. The family has the most support is when they're the most numb. Nothing's getting in. Nothing's going out. It's right. it's just I, they're in denial. They're, it's I can't believe she's really gone or he's really gone. And so I will tell everyone who's gathered, please take one of these matchboxes home with you today, one per family, and and put it in your kitchen chunk drawer because I know you got one. Some of you have two or three, and you know who you are. But uh, put in your favorite kitchen junk drawer where you're going to see it throughout the year because the family is going through an entire year of all the firsts. First Christmas, first Thanksgiving, first birthday, first anniversary, first Fourth of July, Memorial Day, all of those. And Father's Day, Mother's Day. So throughout the year, as you go to light birthday candles with these matches, and you need some matches, or potpourri, anything, or if you're just rolling out that drawer to grab a pair of scissors or a roll of tape and you see that matchbox, would you take that moment just to stop everything and reach out to one of the family members with a text message or a phone call and just say, hey, you remember those matchboxes we got at your dad's funeral? We just used those today. I want you to know I just really miss him. Help me out with the subtitle. It's The book is called Good Grief. Celebrate Your Life. Celebrate Your Life. Good How grief, can people get a copy of it? 
I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Store. Um, I can, you know, if you just search, uh, my name is Jason Harris, but good grief, celebrate your life. It's Jason Harris. Hmm. Jason Harris, celebrant. And I, I'm going to take a guess. There's at least one person out there that you helped. And if you helped one person. <laughs> I hope so. Then, then you've done your job. Yes. But if anyone out there has found this helpful, share the podcast with someone else. Mm. And uh, oh my gosh, I mean, I, mm. I have not talked about my dad in years. Wow! And I, yeah. I, I appreciate those five those five questions. I usually I'm the one who's asking the questions. <laughs> but thank you so much for for having me today and uh, and for being so vulnerable with your listening audience to answer the questions about your dad. Yeah. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. All right. Coming up on About Mansfield next week, we will talk in studio with a return guest, Corey Berlin. Yes, he's the marathon runner, lives right here in Mansfield. We are going to talk marathons and what he's got coming up this year. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. Thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. <laughs>